Good morning. We're going to try that one more time. You ready? Good morning. Much better. Thank you. Welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. My name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby, and it is a joy to be gathered this morning on this beautiful day to worship our risen Lord and Savior. I want to take a moment to offer a few reminders and announcements as we get started. Um, first of all, I want to invite you again to check our church webpage and Facebook page for ongoing announcements, um, updates about activities that we have coming up, Bible studies, Sunday school classes, all those sorts of things. If you're, never sh if you're not sure at some point about a date or a time, you can usually find it there. And that will be more accurate than asking me after the service. So please make sure you check those often. If you're joining us online, I want to extend a welcome to you also. Um, please check in. Let us know you're there. You're joining us in that way. If you have any questions or comments, please know we do have someone in the back. Uh, Mark Light is uh, checking those and responding as we go through the service. And of course, if you have anything for me, I'll get to you as soon as I can afterwards. Again, I want to thank each and every one of you for your continued generosity to our church and its ministries. Your gifts, your tithes, your offerings, they allow us to reach out in ministry to our community and around the globe as part of a larger denomination. If you'd like to support the ministries of our church, of course, you can put your offerings in the basket in the back, mail those into the church office, or we do have an online giving option at the top right-hand corner of our webpage. But we thank you for helping us to be Christ's hands and feet right here in our own community and as part of a larger church. Also, church directory photos will be taken October 21st and 22nd. We're just a few weeks out for that. You can sign up for a time slot to come in and have your family's photo taken either online, and there are flyers all around the church for that. You can sign in online or you can find Myra. She's waving from the back. After the service, she can help you get signed up also. You do not have to be a member of the church to have your photo taken, but please know it will go in our directory, your face, your address, your contact info. Um, we don't put it out there too widely, but a way for us to continue to be connected as a church family to grab those and connect names and faces. Finally, we will be having a trunk or treat this year for the first time because we have a parking lot now. So we are going to break it in by having a trunk or treat on October 27th, which is the village trick or treat night. We'll be doing that from 530 to 730. So we need your help. We will need folks who can bring their vehicles in, pop open the back end and have it decorated, you know, however you would like, maybe not too scary and we'll pass out candy. You can come dressed up as well. And if you don't want to bring your vehicle and be uh, quite that in with the decorating, we will also need folks who can just help pass out candy. We'll have a table with some refreshments as well. So if you have any questions or if you would like to help with that, please see Amanda and Sasha and Caitlin, and they would all be willing to help point you in the right direction and get you signed up. Finally, I have a special announcement and actually a recognition that we are going to do this morning. And I want to invite Kathy Golbus forward. She's been warned, not a surprise to her. <laughs> and Kathy Maris.
So we made a transition over the summer, and some of you may have read or heard about it, but it happened pretty seamlessly, so there really wasn't too much to do, but we want to take a moment this morning, and once we were all back from our summer activities, and I wanted to recognize and honor Kathy. Kathy has served as our financial secretary since 2003. So if you do the math quickly, that is roughly 20 years in that position, and you probably thought it was like a three or five year gig, yes. <laughs> That's how it goes in the life of the church, but 20 years later, and she is retiring from this position and has already handed the baton off to Lauren Smith, who has jumped right in with Kathy's guidance, making that transition, as I said, happen very smoothly. And I know Kathy continues to offer her expertise and her experience to Lauren as Lauren continues to learn the job. But we wanna take a moment this morning to honor and recognize Kathy and also to pray a blessing over her and thank her for her time with the church. So we have a small gift to offer you. And then if we can pause for a moment of prayer. Eternal God, creator and renewer of life, you continually call us to a rhythm of work and Sabbath rest. In the Sabbath rest of retirement, may we discover new meaning for life and new opportunities for serving you. We offer thanks today for Kathy and her years of faithful work. We pray that you will give her a fulfilling redirection of life that is committed to you and in service to Jesus Christ. Amen. And if we can offer Kathy a round of applause to show our appreciation. You're welcome. Do you want to give a speech or? No? Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Kathy. We appreciate all your work and service. All right, and at this time, I want to invite us all, as we move into this time of worship, may we push aside the distractions calling for our attention in this moment, and may we be present. May we open our hearts, our minds, our ears, and may we listen for the voice of God to speak to us, the Spirit of God to work among us and through us in this time. I invite us all to join together in an attitude of worship.
Good morning. Will you please stand as you are able and join in the call to worship? In worship, we come to shut out the shouting and rushing of our world. We seek the joy of Christ to renew our patience. As we pray, we search for a different way of being. We seek the gentle to renew our we honor the word of God to show us the path to follow. We receive the love of Christ to make us whole. Please remain standing and joining, join in singing hymn number 617, verses 1, 3, and 4 in your blue United Methodist hymnal and on the screens. seated. <clears throat> Our first scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 18 through 21. It's on page 883 in your pew Bible if you want to follow along that way. All of these new things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ by not counting people's sins against them. He has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors who represent Christ. God is negotiating with you through us. We beg you as Christ's representatives, be reconciled to God. God caused the one who didn't know sin to be sin for our sakes so that through him we could become the righteousness of God. The word of the Lord for the people of God. God. Our hymn of grace is there's a wideness in God's mercy.
this time I'd like to invite our children forward as Miss Anna shares our message with us. Good morning. Oh, I'm so excited to see all of you. Um, today, Pastor Brandy is going to tell one of the best stories in the Bible, and there are so many, but this one is about a woman at the well. Do you remember this story? We talked about it in Sunday school. What happened? Does anyone know the story? You don't remember? That's okay. So, at the very beginning, the water, uh, the very beginning, God's love was carried by the Jewish people. And so everyone who wasn't Jewish didn't really get to hear about God's good news. Then Jesus came, and that broke his heart because God's love is special. So he went, traveling around with his friends, to a city where there were people who weren't Jewish, and he found a woman at the well. Now, that's where he told them about everlasting life through water. Do you remember that? Okay. So, I have a little experiment for you. Yeah, you can. All right, here I have a little heart. And if you can see it, the little heart is empty. Now, whether we know it or not, without God, everyone's heart is empty because God's love is special. But once we go to God and accept his love, then he fills it with love. So, hold on to that. Okay. I'm going to fill that with red. Yay! <laughs> Good. Now we have our little heart, and it's filled with God's love. But the best part is that God doesn't want us just to stay with this love all to ourselves. God says, go, show people my love by spreading the good news. And so if we take some and we live our lives as if we are part of this living water, the Bible tells us that if we have God's living water in our hearts, we cannot help but spread that love to everyone around us. And so you see these little hearts on this little paper napkin represent the people around us. And if we're truly filled with God's love, oh, we have to give it some time. You can't reach everybody all at once. It's working. It's getting there. That love can't help but spread. Isn't that amazing? You guys have this love in your hearts, and you can spread this to the people that you love around you. You can't help it. You just want to shout about God's love. Yeah, I think it's almost there. Do you want to lift it up? Yeah. Will you guys pray with me? Dear God, thank you for coming to us and showing us true love. Give us the strength to spread that love to everyone on this planet. Amen.
Our second scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 4, verses 4 through 10, 16 through 30, and 40. Hang in there. <laughs> Jesus had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink for me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, if you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, give me water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. Jesus said to her, go get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You are right to say I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You've had five husbands and the man you are with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The Father looks for those who worship him in this way. God is spirit and is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us. Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. Just then, Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that he was talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, come, see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. I wanted to share with you this morning a, a story I came across, a story told about by a London, London businessman named Lindsay Clegg. He told the story of a warehouse that he was trying to sell. The building had been empty for a long time, though, and was in need of a lot of repairs. And just to add to it, vandals had broken into the building, and they smashed the windows and trashed the place. So as Clegg showed up to show the building to a potential buyer, he was quick to explain 
that he would bring in a crew to make repairs and clean it up before the sale was final. But the buyer said to him, forget about the repairs. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building. I want the site. Friends, I'm giving you a preview here that that is the good news for us this morning. That is the good news we heard in the scripture shared. The good news that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are so much more than just a repair site. Christ has made us into new creations. A clean slate. A fresh start. New creations seeking to live more and more in line with God's will for our lives. Now, over the past four weeks, we have been reminded of God's call upon our hearts to live as disciples of Christ. Disciples who have been saved by grace and that are overflowing with love for our neighbor and even for our enemies. So let me give you a recap. We began the first week by looking at the great Shema, or the greatest commandment as we know it. It says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Then the second week, we heard the story of how Jesus brought together this rather ragtag group of men to follow him as disciples. Fishermen and tax collectors and zealots, they all served as proof that God can use any one of us for kingdom work. And last week, we considered what it means to lavish love on others to lavish love on our neighbors and maybe even especially on our enemies. Because the truth is, isn't that exactly what Christ has done for us? And all these things, all these stories from Christ's life and work have demonstrated us to, to us again and again that God's love is not limited or conditional. The love of God has been poured out on us through the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that love is extravagant. It's lavish. It's unconditional and overflowing. It's a love that defies the laws and logic of this world. The love of God is reckless. Thank God. Thank God that God's love doesn't work like our love, right? Because here's the thing about our love. It makes assumptions. Our love makes judgments based on what we see. Reverend Berlin, whose book we've been studying, entitled Reckless Love, he explains that too often our ability to love God and love our neighbor is squelched by our limited vision and experience. 
We learn from an early age that some neighbors are unworthy of our attention. Someone can be treated as less than. That a person cannot be trusted because of the color of their skin or the location of their birth. He goes on to say, though, but all along there have been people who have sought to shine a light in those dark places of our hearts. Those are the people that call us to look squarely in the face of our own prejudices. Because here's the thing. When we are forced to stand face to face, to look into the eyes of someone that we've held at a distance for so long, when we are forced to hear their story, to feel their pain, to see the image of God that is present in them, we can't hold them at arm's length any longer. Suddenly, knowing someone brings them close. And that closeness has a way of exposing and disrupting the assumptions that we've always held. Frederick Douglass is one such man that exposed and disrupted the business of slavery that existed in the United States. Douglass himself had been enslaved and he joined the abolitionist movement. In doing so, he traveled and he vividly described the harm that had been done to his brothers and sisters, that had been done to black men, women, and children who worked on the farms and plantations and who kept the homes of the white slave owners. Douglas was able to shine a light on that injustice, and even more so, he forced Christians to come face to face with the hypocrisy of those Christians who owned slaves. Reverend Berlin describes Douglas in this way. He writes, Douglas called out the sins of his time because he was the kind of person who didn't just pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, only to wait for some celestial magic to take place. Douglas believed that God called him to work for God's will in this world. As a Christian, Douglas could not understand how other Christians could be content in a world where the kingdom of God was a concept rather than a reality. Did you hear that? He could not understand how Christians be, could be content to live in a world where the kingdom of God was a concept rather than a reality. And when asked why he was doing what he was doing, even though it was dangerous, it was reckless, Douglas repeated one word that sums up his life work. He repeated this one word three times, agitate, agitate, agitate. Now, I'm sure Douglas agitated a lot of people, but as Reverend Berlin points out, sometimes agitation is necessary. 
Think for a moment about the purpose of an agitator in a washing machine. The agitator is used to make sure that your clothes come out clean. It stirs up the water and the laundry so that the soap can get in and clean the fabric. So perhaps agitation or those who agitate aren't just causing a ruckus for no reason. Maybe there are times when agitation is necessary to disturb the status quo, to disrupt and confront injustice. Reverend Berlin writes, I observed Douglas as he worked to cleanse the souls of our nation from the stains of slavery and inequality to bring the beauty of justice to the fabric of our society. To be agitated is to have our lives cleansed of what inhibits God's love from radiating from our lives. To be agitated is to have our lives cleansed of what inhibits us from radiating God's love. Think about that for a moment. When has your life been agitated? When have your assumptions or expectations or even long-held convictions been confronted with a new reality? Have you ever found yourself standing in a place among people you thought you knew or understood and suddenly you can no longer reconcile what you once knew with what you are now seeing or experiencing? Berlin acknowledges that these type of experiences have a way of letting our old ways of interacting with the world die so that new lessons and new life can flourish in our hearts. But just because this pastor somewhere said it, doesn't mean it's easy. It can feel like the very foundation beneath us is shifting and moving. So as Berlin points out, can you imagine how disoriented Jesus's male disciples felt when he told them that day, hey guys, when we go to Galilee this time, we're going to take the shortcut through Samaria. You see, there was a 500-year-old hostility between the people of the former northern kingdom of Israel and the people of the former southern kingdom of Judah. And the Jewish people of Jesus' time judged the people of Samaria as idolaters, unclean, socially unsavory. Berlin describes the disciples, he says, when your heart is closed to a whole race of people, you will go out of your way to avoid them, even if it means taking the long way home to Galilee. But Jesus, knowing full well what he was doing, not only leads them through Samaria, he stops in Samaria. He stops at a well, 
in broad daylight. He stops at a well in broad daylight and has a conversation with a Samaritan woman. A Samaritan woman of who might be called ill repute. And then just to top it off, he says to his disciples, by the way, we're not running on through. We're going to stay two nights here in Samaria. I think it would be pretty safe to say that the disciples might have been agitated in that moment. Further, Berlin goes on to say, Jesus agitates not only his male disciples, but also those who were observing his ministry. He says, like a pair of braces that slowly move teeth through persistent pressure, Jesus was working to transform his disciples. Can you picture their faces when Jesus responds to the woman and he says, sure, we'll stay with you. We will sleep in your Samaritan beds. We will eat your Samaritan food, drink your Samaritan water, and we will talk with Samaritan people for two days. Talk about agitation. But by making his followers stay in the Samaritan village, what he's really offering them is an opportunity to encounter the Samaritans in a new way. To see them as his flock, as children of God. Berlin continues to write, he says, Jesus takes his disciples on a journey through unexpected places because he knows this persistent agitation can open even the most tightly closed hearts. So friends, maybe, maybe we're hearing this passage today. Maybe what we're hearing in it is that if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to be ready to be agitated to be agitated by the encounters that the love of Christ will require of you. Because Jesus does not suggest that we love our neighbors. He commands that we love our neighbors and our enemies. As many of you probably know or have experienced in your own life, when you stand face to face with someone, when you look into their eyes and you hear their heart, you realize something that you maybe never noticed standing at a distance. Maybe you recognize that we are all made in God's image. And something happens to us when that realization sets in, when that agitation has taken place. The sin of our prejudice is washed away, and then, only then, are we able to love as Jesus loves. Reverend Berlin echoes Paul's words in 2 Corinthians when he writes, we are never fully reconciled to God until we are reconciled to our neighbor. 
And friends, we, when we are reconciled to God, we become a new creation. A creation that exemplifies the life, the love, and the grace of Jesus Christ no matter where we are or where we go. Because, of course, we all have our own Samarias. We have those places we avoid, those people we turn away from. So imagine Jesus saying, that place, those people, that's where I'm telling you to go. And guess what? You're going to stay the night there. But that's our call. The open-hearted love of Christ calls us to those places and people. For we are ambassadors of Christ, here and now. We are Christ's followers called and commanded with open hearts to love our neighbors and to bring God's kingdom near. Let us pray. Loving God, for too long we have been content, content to accept the status quo. For too long we have accepted without question the stereotypes and prejudices that others around us hold. For too long we've been afraid to examine and repent of our own biases our own tolerance for injustice. But today, oh God, we pray that you will send us out from this place agitated by your spirit, agitated enough by your spirit to take risks for righteousness, to show the world how following Jesus the Savior can draw neighbors closer to each other and closer to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning we have the privilege and opportunity to share in the sacrament of Holy Communion. And today especially, we share in the sacrament of Holy Communion with so many others around the world because today is World Communion Sunday. I think so often we get caught in our own bubbles and we think we're the only ones doing this. But today we're reminded that it's not just here at Ada First United Methodist, it's not just in Ada or Ohio or even the United States, but around the world we are united in spirit with brothers and sisters in Christ to recall what Christ did for us, to remember the grace that God poured out on us through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So today, as we share together in the words of this liturgy, may we think of those around the world who are lifting their hearts just as we are, May we remember that we are all created in God's image and called to be ambassadors of Christ. 
I invite you, will you join along with me on the screens for our liturgy on this World Communion Sunday. Some days, it seems as if the world is falling apart. Some days, it seems as if we are falling apart. Yet in the midst of suffering and struggle, God invites us to a vision of hope and peace. In the midst of conflict and competition, God invites us once more to Christ's table. As we turn back to renew our commitment to follow Jesus, let us confess before God the whole truth about ourselves so that we might be set free from denial and self-deception. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We, we have, have not, not done, done your, your will. will. We, we have, have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Even when we and the whole world are falling apart, God's redeeming love can make us whole once more. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, you have made from one every nation and people to live on all the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, God, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection. You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. He commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. And today, his family in all the world is joining at his holy table. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for love's sake, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, O God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. As the one loaf becomes many pieces to be taken into our bodies, so you, wherever you may be scattered, are still united in my love. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. 
gave thanks to you, O God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, a promise of grace and the forgiveness of sins, both yours and the sins of those you call strangers and enemies. For you are all children of God, born into one human family, and my grace is sufficient for all. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of all the ways we see your love, O God, made flesh in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. And we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ, Christ has, has died. died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. O God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and among every people to witness faithfully in your name. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Before I call our communion stewards forward, I want to remind you, as I do each time we share in the sacrament of Holy Communion, that as United Methodists, we believe this table is open to everyone. You do not have to be a member of this church or any church, but simply to come with an open heart, ready and willing to receive the gift of grace that God freely offers each and every one of us. This bread and this juice, if you're joining us from home, the bread and the juice or water, whatever it may be that you hold in your hands, are tangible reminders that we are God's children, that we have been reconciled and made right in the eyes of our Creator. So we simply come forward, wishing to wash away the sins those things that inhibit us from receiving God's love. And we open our hands to take that love, to receive it and to give it back out to all we encounter. I'll invite our communion stewards forward. Pastor Ruth and I will offer the elements to them and then we will have stations at each of the two corners. You can come forward as you feel led. We will hand the bread and the cup to you. And then there's small trash cans for the cups. If you would like the prepackaged elements, they are also available.
At this time, we pause in this moment to recognize, to recall the gifts and the blessings that God pours out on us, and to know that God calls us to offer our very lives in service to our brothers and sisters in Christ and for the building of God's kingdom. So we pause to honor and to call for God's blessing upon the gifts that we give to this church and for its ministries here and around the world. I want to invite us all at this time to stand together and to sing our doxology, which is on page 95, or the words on the screen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. prayer. We come lifting our voices to God, trusting that God hears not only our words, but the cries of our hearts. But we also come ready to listen, ready to hear the sound of God's voice, to feel the movement of God's spirit in our midst. I pray that we enter into this time together to speak to listen, and to know that God hears us. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? All-knowing and merciful God, we have gathered together this morning with praise and thanksgiving for who you are, for all that you have done for us. You, O oh Lord, know us better than we know ourselves. You know our thoughts, our actions, and yet you love us. No matter where we go or what we do, your love encircles us ahead and behind, leading and guiding and blessing. We praise you, Father, for your love for your faithful presence in our lives. We have been reminded today that you love us unconditionally, and yet we have not always loved you. You have called out to us, but we have not always listened. We walk away from our neighbors in need, too wrapped up in our own concerns. We've gone along with evil, with pride, quarreling, and divisiveness. Holy God, help us now to face ourselves so that as you move toward us in mercy, we may repent. We may turn to you to receive your mercy. 
the mercy and grace that you offer through Jesus Christ our Lord. And now, O oh God, we lift before you our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in need of your love and care. God, we lift up Molly as she continues to battle cancer and as each day brings news of joy and yet setbacks. Lord, we continue to pray that your spirit will be at work in Molly, giving her strength for each day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Nancy and Ron Fleming. We pray, Father, that your hand of care will be upon Nancy, that you will give both her and Ron strength, that you'll give them peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Kay Rex as she's continuing to regain strength. Lord, we pray that your spirit will be at work in her, bringing healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Susie Clausen's husband, Gary, who's recovering from an infection behind his eye. We pray, O oh God, for your healing hand to be upon him and that you will be on this journey, standing side by side with Susie as she cares for him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Jay Epley as he is home recovering and resting. We pray that your spirit will be at work in Jay, bringing healing to his body. We pray, O oh God, that you will give Linda the strength to care for him in the days ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Andy Pfeiffer's brother, Sean, who is at OSU with blood clots and awaiting the results of a CT scan. Lord, we pray that your hand of mercy, your hand of healing will be over Sean. Lord, may he know that he's being lifted in prayer at this very moment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We bring to you, O oh God, the prayers that lie on our hearts even when we can't find the words to say out loud. You know our hearts and minds, so we lift to you our unspoken prayers. Merciful God, thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. God, from this day forward, as we seek to be a people of reconciliation, give us strength. Give us strength to persevere without counting the hurts and to find within ourselves the capacity to love without condition. Give us the grace to stand in the middle of situations. Grant that we may be so grounded in your love that our security is not threatened and that we can begin to see a better way. 
And as we return to the world, may we seek to be whole and to bring wholeness. Help us to be healed and to bring healing. For it is your kingdom we seek here on earth as it is in heaven. All these things we pray to you, Father God, in the name of your Son, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as people of God reconciled through the life of Jesus Christ, may we stand and sing together our closing hymn, number 672, God be with you till we meet again.
I shared this benediction with you last Sunday and want to share it again. These words come from a Jewish prayer called the Hashavinu, which means protect us. So please hear these words of benediction. Let there be love and understanding among us. Let peace and friendship be our shelter from life's storm. Adonai, help us to walk with good companions, to live with hope in our hearts and eternity in our thoughts, that we may lie down and rise up waiting to do your will. Amen.